Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, Knight fans? Sons of UCF is proudly presented by the law firm of Gordon & Partners. Since 1993, Gordon & Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust, so contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. Visit their website, fortheinjured.com, or text 407-913-5350 to talk to Michael directly. Don't just trust anybody. Trust the best. And trust the night. Gordon and Partners, for the injured. This is the Sons of UCF. The number one place for UCF sports with your distinguished host, Adam. Let's all get together and see who can solve the wordle the fastest. And Mike. You know, last year I think I said about 30 people in the UCF, some of the UCF group. Let's try to double that. Let's try to get 50. Now, here are the guys. All right, Mike, here we go. The closing segment of the show. I often tell people, the first two segments of the show, those are for you guys. Those are for the UCF fans. You know, you learn about what's going on in, in UCF sports. You get an interview from an athlete or a coach or somebody on the program. The last segment, that's for Mike and I. This is where we just kind of talk and let it all hang out. We're not exactly going to go let your nuts hang out defense like Montalvo played, Mike, but it's going to be pretty close. Uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, Anthony Montalvo. He said some interesting stuff there, Mike. Um, a couple of news-breaking-ish items. Um, seemed like he was more of a Mikey Keene supporter uh, in that perspective. Also seemed very surprised to hear Matt Lee leaving. I think the biggest shock was he basically said throughout the season, you sort of knew which guys were leaving, right? Which guys are going to be in the portal, which I think we all always assume that, but that's got to be super awkward when it's like, Hey man, I got two more games. I'm out of here. Like you asked him a question before that about how did the end of the season kind of fall, you know, on such a thud. Maybe that's part of the reason. I don't know. Yeah. And is this something we have to worry about every year now? Anytime this, we're not playing for, well, even this year we were playing for a conference championship and this is still happening. If we're not going to be in line for a playoff spot or even then, is it still going to happen? This is just college football now where, hey, guys are going to make business decisions for themselves and, you know, don't fall in love with any individual player because <laughs> they could be gone the next week. So it sucks that college is like that nowadays, but I guess we all have to just get used to it. And it goes for every team. It's not just us. Yeah. I mean, basically everybody's on a one-year deal, right? I mean, that's kind of where we are at this point, unless you use your transfer and then you're stuck wherever you are for two years until you graduate. But great, great conversation with Anthony. I'm glad we had a chance to catch up with him. Um, Again, one of those good guys you rooted for, Mike. Um, One of those guys that you always want to see do well as a walk-on. So 
Um, certainly happy to have Anthony on the show, and we will be rooting for him as he endeavors to take his career to the professional level. We teased this last week, Mike. Sons of UCF movie reviews, right? Here's how this is going to work. Each week, maybe if we remember to do this, we will come up with a movie and we will review it. We'll talk about our favorite scenes. Does it still hold up today if it's an older movie? And we're going to give it a rating. Five nitros. Five nitros is good. One nitros is bad. That's how this is going to work around here, Mike. Every week, movie review gets you through the summertime. Mike, you uh, you and I debated right before we started. It's baseball season. We felt like it was appropriate to go baseball as our movie choice. So this week, what movie do you want to review? The number one movie on my baseball list, and I don't think it's even close, the best baseball movie of all time, Major League. Mm, Major League, the original Major League, released in 1989, I believe. So 1989. So I can't do the math how old that makes that movie, Mike, but I think it's pretty old. <laughs> yeah, I was nine years old. Uh, I'm 42 now. So that makes I can't it do that math either. That, make it, that did not make it any easier for me. 33 years. Okay. Um, but it is an instant classic. I watch it anytime it's on. It's got it's got to be the most quotable baseball. It's so many lines in this movie that we can go mm. over, and they're all fantastic. Everyone, yes. all the yeah. characters are great. Yep, nothing else I like about it. Who's who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite character? I mean, a lot of uh, obviously you have Jake Taylor, Tom Berenger, uh, Wild Thing, Charlie Sheen, um, Roger Dorn, Corbin Burnson. Bob Euchre is fantastic as the announcer. Don't forget my guy James Gammon, who was Lou Brown. Lou Brown, Dire World. Uh, you can't forget. I mean, who's who's your favorite character in Major League? Man, <laughs> Pedro Serrano, Willie Mays, Serrano Hayes? Willie Mays hey. Hayes. Every one of them. Shit. Everyone. McCall already. Harris, the pitcher, the old, the old school pitcher. But it's not on the ball. It's not yeah. on the ball. Exactly. Yeah. There's a little jalapeno in his nose. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I love every one of these guys. Um, Roger Dorn, who's just the overpaid veteran, <laughs> pain in the yeah. ass, brings his contract to, to the manager in spring training. He says he doesn't have to do any extra calisthenics. Says so right in his, in his contract. And and Lou Brown just throws it on the floor and takes a piss on it. I mean, mm-hmm. classic scene. Right. Jake Taylor confronts him later in the year uh, about some play that <laughs> in the ninth inning he said, well, you know, it was out of my reach. What do you want me to do? Dive for it? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a good one. He's protecting himself. He's a great character. Um, everybody loves Ricky Vaughn. You know, everybody wanted to be yeah. the wild thing. Uh, that was the big thing back then. Willie Mays Hayes, like I said, hilarious. Uh, Pedro Serrano. You know, with, with Joe Boo and all that stuff. Bats you know? <laughs> hit very much. Bats <laughs> yeah. are afraid. Yeah. There's so many lines. You're telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a real refill. I mean, you can go yeah. on and on. I posted that video the other day when they were talking about the UCF team, about how they were mouthy and they're running down the hill. I, you know, that's the clip from Major League. It's my kind of team, Charlie. My kind of team. So that's the. Th- I think my favorite character is Lou Brown. He doesn't talk <laughs> as much, but it's the distinctive voice. A, and he's just got like he doesn't seem like he's going to be funny, but he's funny, right? When when uh, the general manager calls and says, "You want to, you know, how would you like to manage Andy?" He goes, "I don't know. I've got another guy on the line about some white walls here." Uh, and my other favorite part is when um, uh, Ricky Vaughn like h- hits a batter or something, 
And the pitching coach is like, do you want me to go out there and check on him? He goes, no, let's see how he responds. And then he plunks the next guy and he goes, it's interesting. <laughs> like, he's I just, think he's, you can go get him now. <laughs> can go get, he's just got these one-liners that are fantastic. So I always go Lou Brown. He Rest in peace, by the way. I think that actor died, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, he tells oh, Jake Taylor. Who is that guy in, by the way? Yeah, he did die in 2009. He Brown. says, uh, he was 70. Wow. You can still make that throw down to second? He goes, Yeah, would I bullshit you about something like that? <laughs> you better if you want to make this. <laughs> if I have any knock on Major League, it's that the actual baseball scenes are terrible. Tom Berenger is the worst catcher I've ever seen yes. in my entire life, right? Um, Rick, although, so Charlie Sheen played, I think, minor yeah. league baseball. He's got a good pitching motion. Um, Wesley Snipes, who played Willie Mays, hey, he's probably not. Serrano had a decent swing. Roger Dorn should have no part of a glove or a bat in his hand. So some of the actual gameplay is a little bit behind, but you make up for it with the acting and the comedy. Yeah. I mean, it was really Behringer that couldn't play at all. And the other guys are okay. uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, let's go watch the Corbin Burnson third base throw. I'm not so sure he's your guy either. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Him Keep too. Keep that. <laughs> him too. That. But, um, you know, and then how about the villains? You know, you get um, Haywood playing for the Yankees, and he's got some classic lines too. How about it's too high? It's too high. Yeah, <laughs> Who gives a shit? All, all of them. Uh, Joe, I do like the Duke, by the way. I do like the Duke Johnson, who may or may not have thrown at his son in a father-son game. <laughs> I do like the the Duke Simpson who comes out there. Although Duke Simpson had like 42 saves and was 10-1 and one on the year. If you ever look at the the scoreboard as he comes out, he how he didn't win the Cy Young that year, I assume he did because he had the most wins and the most saves of anybody in Major League. And he leads the league in those hairs. It's also fair. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, also fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I, I quote this every baseball season, you know, Bob Uger, yeah, you can often tell how the season's going to go by the first batter. <laughs> and, you know, he, he gets on base and he gets picked off right away. Um, I, I can I'm, watch I'm still second game. base with your shoe untied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the speech that Jake Taylor, well, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Yeah. Win the whole fucking thing. Um, there's too many. Every sing- there's not a bad scene in the movie. You know, the cut down day, all the montages are fantastic. Yeah. You know, the, the the pink slip in the locker room and he goes yeah. in there, he goes in the, to, to Brown's office and throws the ball at, at the locker. Everyone, what, what's the bad scene in that movie? There is no bad scene. I mean, you know, the love scene, I mean, they had to throw that one in there, but that, that's not even bad. You know, he, he steals the bullpen car, follows the girl to her house, rips her skirt off. I, well, there is no bad scene. What language is this? <laughs> French? <laughs> yeah, chili dogs? Or yeah, it's it's a it's a solid. I can't think of a scene that I'm like, oh, I can't. I got to turn it off, or the scene's boring. It's start to finish, wall to wall comedy, wall to wall fun. Like I assume we're in agreement. Five nitros for major league. Yes, this yeah, is uh, this is the bar setter. Now this is the movie by which every other movie, as we rank them, has to get up to this level. If there were more nitros to give, I'd give them all. I'd give more. I'd give six, ten, whatever you want. However, whatever the limit is, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, they're on the plane. You know, I call, call the stewards. I'm going to need one of those bags. I don't know if there are any stewardesses. I wonder if there are any pilots. Pilots, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so every movie is going to have to be judged up against this has a long way to go. Maybe we shouldn't have started with the best one. To me, and... What about other people's arguments for better baseball movies? Because this one, baseball, like story-wise, was great. And entertainment-wise, comedy-wise, was fantastic. I mean, unless you're like more into the uh, sentimental stuff and you want to give me Field of Dreams, which Field of Dreams, 
I don't want to say it's overrated, but it's a little slow. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think baseball is the only genre of sport where the romantic like thought of baseball gets people like a Field of Dreams um, style of movie. Also not my cup of tea. I prefer a comedy in my life, so I would not have put Field of Dreams um, anywhere in that top spot. But I think that's the that's the baseball thing where it's like the romantic, you know, sort of you know, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go do go do this and, you know, go do that where I think um, the comedy is more where I'd be at on this one. Yeah. Even major league two was under underrated movie, underrated movie. <laughs> uh, major league two is underrated. Now they took a lot of the swearing out of major league two. Major league one was F bombs. Every other, every other word. Major league two was PG 13. Took a lot of swearing out of that movie, but another good one. Um, it was like 10 years after the first one, though. That was the other odd, odd part about that. Actually, maybe not, because I want to say that was I was in high school. So it was like 94, 95, Major League Two came out, I think. Maybe. And um, added some great characters to that. Yeah, you, you got the uh, you got Rube Baker, you got Tanaka, you, you got some uh, He's playing for the Giants. <laughs> Franklin? <laughs> not those Giants. Jack uh, Parkman was a good one, yeah. Yeah, they added great characters. The, the fans. Drives the women which, here in Cleveland crazy. In part one, they had those fans, the guys that say it's too high and all that stuff, but they weren't really that big of a part of the movie. In part two, they had uh, what's his name? Uh, was the Randy the Quaid? Randy Quaid. <laughs> Randy Quaid. <laughs> he, I don't want to say steals the movie, but he's fantastic in it with, with him and his knuckleheads out there. So, two unbelievable movies. That's why they were both in my top 10. Uh, I do. And uh, Major League Two, I love the Black Hammer, White Lightning with Willie Mays Hayes and Jesse the Body Ventura. And, and they're watching the trailer. It makes no sense. 1994, by the way, for that movie, Mike. 1994. <laughs> and have you seen the little uh, the little scene, uh, Major League Back to the Minors? I guess the third installment of the Major League uh, trilogy, I guess, if we call it that. I don't know if I've ever seen it or if I saw it. I saw it once and just wiped it out of my head. Kind of like the Godfather 3. I, I've never gone back to watch it again. I'm, I as, must have watched. I must have. As I'm reading that. the description, I've seen it. Scott Bakula is there, and Roger Dorn is like the owner of a team, and they bring back a couple of the uh, the players um, who end up playing for him there. The um, Tanaka comes back, and um, Pedro Serrano yeah. comes back. Rube Baker comes back, but there's none of the none of the big guys there. I think I yeah, I think I did watch it once, and that was it. I'm not going to go watch it again either. But the other two, I'll watch. Anytime you want to put it on right now, stop the show. I'll go watch it. Both of them back to back and come back into Cal. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt you there, Mike. So well, let's just do Cal of the week then. Cause I want to keep Mike around <laughs> here. So uh, major league, we agree five nitros cows of the week probably won't get five nitros. Mike, this is, this is really dangerous because I have not asked you if you have a cow of the week. Typically I do. Uh, I think you probably do though. Cause I saw your social media over the weekend. I think I know where you're going for cow. Oh, of the week. So I, I don't know if you have one. I assume you do. So I will, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I mean, let's stick with this. this is an all baseball show, baby. That's we started doing, off man. with baseball. We did a baseball movie, and now we're doing Cow of the Week baseball style. I said it. You're right. I said it on Twitter the other day. You saw the way that game ended. I know it's a spring training game. They're ending it now with a batter that didn't get in the box fast enough, and now we've got p- pitch clocks, and we've got clocks in general in baseball. And to me, clocks. Yes, I do not like. I do not like it. I mean, baseball is a game that's always been. There is no time. You have to get the other team out twenty-seven times. That's the game. Now there's ways to get them out without 
actually getting them out like we saw the other day. And everybody's telling me, oh, we're going to save so much time. You know, the games are going to be a lot shorter. Why what is this desire to have every, the game so much shorter? What are we saving, first of all? 20 minutes at most? 30 minutes? If it's 30 minutes and the games are really that short, I want some money back. I'm spending how much money to go to these ball games? It's a day out for me. I like going to a game. You go to a baseball game. You go there to sit there. You relax. You're having a couple of hot dogs, a couple of beers. You're talking to your friend. You know, you're enjoying some nice weather. It's a day. It's the whole day. You're going there and you're having fun. Now, all of a sudden, the games are going to be two hours. I got to figure something else to do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the games are too short. Now I got I to take the kids out to lunch afterwards. No, no, no. The games are fine the way they are. I don't need it to be two hours to make me happy for one. And by the way, you know how I know that everybody doesn't want the games to be shorter? Because what's the best part of these games? What's the best part? Extra innings. What's the best part of football? Overtime. We need the games to be longer. I, I, wish, I don't want my games to be shorter. Me, I enjoy watching games. I want more of them. Give me a double header. I don't want to be out of there in two hours. So forget shortening the game. And I definitely don't need pitch clocks to, to have the games move faster. The game is fine the way it is. I enjoy it. And it's all of those people with short attention spans that can't sit there and watch a game. Have a conversation with your buddy at the ball game. You know, you're, you're sitting around, you're, you're checking out the chick two sections over, or, or you're trying to catch a foul ball, or, or you're heckling some guy from the dugout. That's what it's about. It, you know, stop trying to cut time out of that. I want to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, these rules are not made for guys like you, right? You are you are a baseball purist. You've you've always been a baseball fan. So these rules are never made meant for guys like you. To 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 your point, they're making these rules to try to attract younger fans, right, who want to watch the game. I, I I agree with your 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 seminal point around. I'm I've I have not necessarily been a baseball watcher the last couple of years, right? But in my sensibilities, right? If I turn the TV on at 705 and I'm like, hey, a game's on, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna watch this because it's over at 9:30, not 10 o'clock. Like, that's not going to keep me watching a game. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this now because it'll be over sooner. <laughs> that's not going to make me watch it. It's going to be the matchup. It's going to be – I'm actually – I think the rules about um, uh, taking the shift away, some of those other things will make the game a little bit more exciting. You'll see more hits, more runs. That'll get me watching the game more so than being like, hey, Jimmy's got 18 seconds for the ball here. Like, that's not going to that's not gonna get me to watch the game. I do think they have to figure out a way. Like, a game should not end on that kind of a rule. Like, they've got to figure out – other sports do timing. I know you, you know, you're against that, right? But other sports do timing, but they have different rules for late game situations, right? I think baseball's got to figure that out. Like, I'm okay if you want to speed the thing up, right? I do agree. I think you would as well. There are some people who get excessive with the amount of time they step out of the box, amount of time they take to throw a pitch. So sure, let's legislate some of that out. I'm I'm fine with that. But they've got to figure out a way to to make that rule different. Like crunch time, end of game. Every other sport has a different timing rule at that point in time. I think baseball's got to figure that out too. Yeah, I mean, they had the rule where you you know if there's a if you don't swing at the ball, keep one foot in the batter's box and get right back in there. But I don't know about putting a time on it. Uh, oh man, I forgot what I else really I was about this. <laughs> Are you okay with the shift? Are you okay with them oh, okay. implementing rules against the shift? So I think that is more of what's ruined baseball is just the style of play lately. Because the last few years, all it is is people trying to hit home runs. The games are longer because every batter is going to a freaking full count or they're striking out. It takes longer to strike out than if you put the ball in play on the first pitch. So that, that's the making the game longer. The shift, 
I, I, I f- hit against the shift. <laughs> if you don't want them to shift on you, hit the ball the other way. I, I don't have a problem shifting. They, they put the shift there because you're a one-dimensional player. Go the other way with it, and then they won't shift on you. Um, I don't like that rule either that they're changing. There's a lot of things I don't like. What about the bigger base? I don't understand the bigger base. Can you help me there? Why does the base got to be bigger? I don't. I don't get it. I mean, that's probably just to avoid some injuries. I mean, you see a lot of times, you know, there's collisions down first base. You know, the pitcher's running over the cover, and then you got a guy sprinting down. I give him a little more space. They could have added in softball. We have two bases on first base yeah. only. You know, and the runner hits the outside base, and eh, I guess you avoid injuries that way. You know what? I haven't watched any spring training games yet. All the bases are that much bigger. First, second, and third. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure all of them are. Yeah, well, and they're I also have not watched any spring training game. I just saw, I saw a picture of it on Twitter. I thought it was fake at first because how big the other, the new base was. But apparently, it's not <laughs> fake. It's real. Right. It is real. You know what's really ruined baseball? If I, if I can be honest with you for a second, is Moneyball analytics because now we basically telling players your, your value, your worth, your contract is going to be based on the numbers, right? So if I'm a baseball player and it's like, okay, I've got to get on base. To your point, I'm gonna sit here and take balls all day long, right? So I have a higher on base, so I get paid a better contract, right? So when you start judging players by analytics, then all you're saying is you're valuing numbers. You then can't blame the players for trying to get those numbers, right? Which is now what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that they can get on base right they can get the walk they can get the home run they can drive in the run because that's how you're getting paid now it used to just be hey so and so is a good you know cleanup hitter let's get him in our lineup now there's charts and graphs and everything so analytics in some respects when the owner said this is how we're going to value players you can't blame players for being like okay well that's how i'm going to get paid so i better play that way so that i can get valued by the owner right you can't blame the player for doing the thing that the owner wants them to do it just so happens now that it impacts the way the game is played yeah, it's a completely different game from when I was a kid. I mean, there is no more stealing bases anymore. Very little. You know, Ricky Henderson used to steal. I paid to get on first, and I got thrown out at second, Mike. <laughs> but Ricky Henderson would take a, a walk and turn it into a triple. I mean, that was fun to watch, too. Uh, bunting is gone. You know, people, oh, God forbid you, you give an out away and, and move a runner over and put somebody in scoring position. You know why? Because the next guy is not going to put the ball in play. That's why you don't bunt anymore, because everybody's just going to strike out. So it is different. Everything's strikeouts and home runs is the whole game. And everybody, yeah, we say chicks dig the long ball, but it does kind of make things a little more boring where either it's all or nothing. And everybody, you know, last year, the Yankees, Aaron Judge set the run, the record, the Yankee record for home runs in a season. And Garrett Cole set the Yankee record for strikeouts in a season. And, <laughs> and those records will probably be broken again in the next five years when it took, um, how many years? 60 years for Aaron Judge to break Roger Maris's and and Gary Cole's broke Gidry's record, which was from like 78, so like another 45 years ago. Those records are probably going to get broken again soon, probably maybe this year. I mean, I can see Cole striking out more people this year than he did last year. It's just the way the game is played. That's probably the biggest problem I have with baseball. And now they're adding all these things to try to correct it or try to even it out another way. You know, we got to slow the, we got to make the game faster. For who? And for for how much time? Are we talking five minutes, ten minutes? Because what is that really in the big scheme of things? And if we're talking forty minutes, then the game's too short for me. Because <laughs> you you better give me a double header, or you gotta make the, those tickets cheaper. Because I'm not gonna spend four hundred dollars to take a family of four to the game at one o'clock, and then by three o'clock I we gotta figure out something else to do. I, I want to be there all day. I will say I will probably watch a uh, uh, several games early in the season just to see how the pitch clock is going and see when they kind of lose their minds. But after that, I'm not going to tune into a game because it may be a half hour faster. That's just not going to that's not going to uh, get me there. So 
I'm not there with you, Mike. Um, I have two cow of the weeks. My first cow of the week. Did you see the video of uh, Iowa basketball coach Fran McCaffrey? Uh, he got called for a technical foul, and he walked out to the court, and he stared at the referee for like a minute straight. He just literally walked up to him and stared him right in the face, Mike, for one solid minute. Have you seen that video? I heard about it. I haven't seen it. I need to check it out. What a loon. What are we doing? Like, what, what are we trying to accomplish there? I don't even know. That's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish there? Uh, but the ref stared right back at him, right? Ref stared. And he actually, the ref walked toward him and didn't back down. And they were, I don't know how long they're going to stand there for until the assistant coach finally like pulled. But what's, what's, what's that, what's that going to accomplish, right? Is the, is the ref now going to be like, ooh, he was kind of mad at me. So I better make it, make it. Like, what's he going to do? Like, how is that going to accomplish anything? <laughs> shouldn't the coach have been like scheming up a play (laughs) that's what they pay you for mike yeah you're supposed to scheme up plays and he did uh he did not uh do that so fran mccaffrey watch that video cal week uh final cal week mike is again me for another week you're not gonna see giants took a tough loss this weekend buddy tough loss final game of the year 32 20 lose finish the uh, year four and three Go on on a low note. I will say my my best athlete was not there uh, this game. This was an unscheduled well, game. He was out of town, so he was not <laughs> there. I played with nine, by the way. And, uh, yeah, we, we made too many mistakes, but I couldn't overcome the mistakes. One kid I definitely want drug tested on the other team, but we'll get to that later, Mike. But the Nocatee Giants, four and three, my my first and only uh, flag football season has come to an end. Finished over 500, though, so I'm going to hang I'm gonna hang my hat on that. That's not bad. You started out 0-2. You didn't know what to do. Yeah, I did it, yeah, some would argue I didn't know what to do in this last game either. By the way, <laughs> oh, 30, What did you say? Thirty-two twenty. Was it uh, thirty-two twenty? Was it close? No, to point? no. It, we were they were up twenty-five to six at one point, yeah. uh, and we got mercy ruled. And then I just went four verts. Uh, we scored twice in a row, got a stop, and then all of a sudden it got a lot closer. Um, and then they scored um, sort of at the end there to, to make it thirty-two to twenty. But it was twenty-five twenty for a hot minute there. <laughs> so it was a lot like the conference championship game against Tulane. We were down yes. 31-14. Yeah, yeah, we hit that uh, the pass from, from R.J. Harvey. It's 31-21, 10 minutes to go. Hey, we, we have a shot. We were there, yeah. And then uh, nothing. Right. I will say this, though. I will say this. I was thinking about this over the weekend, Mike. And this is going to sound funny, and I know not everyone can do this, but this has given me a new appreciation for coaching and, like, Gus Malzahn. All right. And now I'm still going to be a lunatic in the fall when he calls a bad play. But this has given me a little bit of perspective. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what happened here, Mike. So – we're, we're they're running a different kind of defense, right? Their, their best player was kind of playing the middle and he was really kind of hunting for a pick, right? So he was getting kind of, kind of desperate a little bit, uh, a little bit aggressive, right? He jumped a couple of routes, you know, he, he kind of disrupted our timing, right? So I knew he was going to jump a route. So I had the perfect play call, Mike, right? I take my quarterback. He gives it an end around to another kid who comes around the other way, right? My receiver on the outside, little stagger go, but I took my quarterback and moved him right into the middle of the field, assuming that that guy was going to come uh, to the quarterback and try to stop the play, right? Kid is wide open, like wide, wide, wide open. The kid away, I throw the ball, throws a terrible pass, gets intercepted, and, you know, we lose the ball, right? But the kid was so wide open in the end zone, right? Um, schemed up the perfect play. It worked to a T. The kid who I had to throw the ball has probably had got the strongest arm on my team. Um, he just doesn't play quarterback because he doesn't want to. He'd rather play receiver. He's got the strongest arm on the team. I've seen him do this play in practice before. We've done this a million times. And the one time I call it, the one time it's open, he flubs it. Now, I look like an idiot. Like, why is he letting him throw the football? Why are we still throwing? Why are we throwing deep there? I had the exact play I wanted. It would have been a touchdown, Mike. It doesn't happen for execution. But as a coach, now it's like, well, why, why are we running? Why, it's you know, second and, and long. Why are we going down the field, right? That's how I look like an idiot, although it was a perfect play call. So I have a new appreciation for Gus Malzahn. 
<laughs> See? We appreciate Something it. good came out of this football we appreciate season. It. Yeah. I uh, encourage everybody out there, spend a, one game, one game calling plays in like a flag football league. And and I think it'll change your mind. I, I promise you. I don't know, if, Mike, if you have the option. I don't know if the girls want to play flag football. You know, maybe just go volunteer at Florinata one weekend. Call some plays. Get your get your guys where you want them. And <laughs> it, it, it'll change your life. I promise you. This kid's wide open, by the way. Like, wide open. <laughs> I give you a lot of credit. I saw some of your plays, and they look pretty creative. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't know if I could do that. that. That's all new territory. You're a basketball guy. You, you took on something new. You learned yeah. some new plays yourself. Maybe give them up, did, Andy, did Andy help you out with any of these? He, he gave me some defensive help, but to be honest, his deep, like my kids were not, not smart enough to, uh, <laughs> to handle his defensive concepts. Um, so we just went to a basic zone, which we actually played better defensively throughout the year. Actually, I was surprised how well we played on defense. Um, and we had, so I had two other plays, Mike, perfect play call, literally in the kid's hands and he just dropped it. Right. Kid hasn't dropped the ball all year long. Of course, drops it at this point in time. Uh, and then we had another one. I have the fastest kid on my team. Right? This is how desperate I was, by the way. So you're going to appreciate this. We were down by so much. We couldn't throw because no one was catching two times in this game. Like I actually called the statue of Liberty play and it worked both times <laughs> <laughs> like a charm. Both times I ran statue of Liberty for first downs, but I have the fastest kid on my team, right? This kid has never played football before. He has hands like hockey sticks, but he is a speedster. So if we just get the ball in his hand, he's good. But the problem is we have to like gift wrap it to him because he cannot catch. He cannot, you know, he can take a pitch. You have to like hand it to him. Right. So we're, we're like second and goal and I bring him in and I call the play and he's going to be wide open. Right. And I turn around, I see my quarterback hand him the ball and he just drops it on the ground. Right. Why he would have walked in for a touchdown, Mike, but drops the ball. And again, I'm the idiot coach. Like why are you bringing this kid in? He can't catch blah, blah, blah. He would have been wide open for a touchdown. Like scheming him up. I do feel a little vindication though. On the car ride home, Aiden and I are talking and, you know, we're, we're, we're counting the game and he's like, I can't believe we lost, whatever. And I'm like, hey, buddy, it happens. Like, you know, they made plays. We didn't make plays. It's going to happen in sports. And he was like, yeah, I know. Like, we usually don't you know, drop those balls. Like, yeah, I, I know, buddy. And he goes, yeah, dad, you had some perfect play calls today. And I'm like, you know what, kid? <laughs> you want to go buy some ice cream? Like, that's, that's, all it's, that's all it takes. He, he gave me credit for my perfect play calls. So, um, <laughs> I went and bought him like six bottles of Prime, which apparently is this new thing everyone's drinking. <laughs> he worked you. He did, yeah, <laughs> he's still mad. By the way, he 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 was still trying to get in a cornerback <laughs> during the, during this game too. <laughs> I finally let him in for a period of time. He actually had a really nice flag ball. Give him that. Um, but he was still on the sidelines working me to get in the game. <laughs> Because I only had I only had nine, so typically I go five on, five off, right? So I alternate them. So I had to keep kind of rotating somebody. And every time I was like, I need one more in defense. There's poor Aiden, like running on, like I'll play corner. So I did let him out there for a little bit, but yeah, not a strength. strength. And you're saying this is it? Not you're not coaching anymore. I'm willing to be somebody's offensive coordinator. There you go. So if someone needs offensive coordinator just to design a playbook, maybe call some plays. I'm willing to do that, but everything else, the decisions, the timeouts, like, you know, when the, when the kids are humping each other, like you could figure that out. Just call me when you need a play call. I'll be there on the headset on the sideline. You know, we'll signal something in there. I think I'll go wristbands next time. Maybe make much easier. Cause at the end we were just running no huddle. We were just running four verts every time. So I didn't even have to do anything. I was just like, again, and then we just run the same play every time. So it's true. What Gus was saying, it's too much. You got the NIL to deal with. Too much. Too much. You need yep. to just take some off the plate. Yep. Only call plays. He took the play calling away. You only yep. want to do the play calling. Yeah. I got too much humping and, and cup checks and <laughs> jumping on anything that's near them at that point. And, 
you know, who's, who's got the swaggiest cleats and like, that's what I'm dealing with. Like when I'm just trying to run, you know, a simple hitch and go on the outside. Like that just, let me just call the play. You guys figure that out. Yeah, I got you. I, mean, I just got done with practice today before we started this. And, uh, you know, it's like herding sh- cats with these kids. Uh, some days they pay attention. Some days they don't. Um, I don't know. You got to break them into small groups, kind of keep their attention, keep them busy at all times. Otherwise, any downtime is like, yeah, you know, they don't know what to do themselves. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also tough, too, because I'm trying to, like, run plays, right? So I need the defense to just basically just stand there because I need to see if the play works, right? But they're, like, trying to attack the quarterback, and they're, like, jamming the receivers. And I'm like, I don't need that. I need you just to stand here so I can see if I can get this play to work, right? But they don't understand that, so it's just a big fiasco. Just a, just a nightmare. <laughs> I think if you could – here's the two things I need. I need the ability to, like, cut and bench people, and then I'm in. Because I have like no like if Timmy doesn't play well, I can't be like Timmy or out of the game. Like I have to keep Timmy in the game somehow, right? I have to scheme around Timmy. But like my daughter's soccer team, she the coach has no obligation to play her. So if she's not playing well, like she's on the bench, she's on the bench, she's just not playing. I need that, I need that ultimate power. I need Bill Parcells power. Like you if you want me to cook the dinner, let me shop for the groceries here, Mike. Let me tell you which groceries I don't need, and those groceries can go sit on the bench. I need ultimate control of a franchise. So you need a higher league. You you can't do rectally. You need a, a serious yeah high school coaching maybe you want to get into some high school yeah i i need i need like 14 to 16 year old you know who are who can be cut who want to play who want to be coachable that's 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 kind of the skill set i need well a few more years you might get there i don't know mike he really wants to keep playing football mike and i'm like hey look i'm i'm not going to be your your, the coach there like you you can keep doing it if you if you need to so we'll see what happens he really wants to keep playing though which is interesting because he doesn't really it's not a huge sports guy, but he, earlier tonight he's like, "Dad, can you, like, can we do quarterback drills?" I'm like, "Sure, we could." Uh, so he really wants to play. So I got to figure out how to best uh, navigate this. My wife wants to sign him up for this other league that's like super competitive, and I, yeah, like, I don't know as a parent, like, what do you do in the situation when you know your kid's probably not at that level, and he, he's probably going to be one of the worst players on his team or even the entire league, but he really wants to try. Do you let him try, or do you try to protect him? What do you do here? Yeah, it kind of has something similar. My older daughter kind of wants to move up to the uh, the next division, and I kept her down for one more season. She's just not ready for it. The next one goes, it's 14 and under, and it's like girls 11, 12, 13, 14. It's a giant jump, which she's just not ready for. So I kept her here for one more season. She just turned 11 last week, but she's still staying. Technically, the, the deadline is fine. She's still in the 10U or whatever. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's build confidence at this age, get them somewhere where they can, you know, have some success first. And then if if they're ready after that, then fine. But well, I I guess I could see it either way. Cause when I was playing baseball, um, I must've had like a killer tryout when I was like nine years old. Right. And they skipped me. I went from coach pitch to majors division. I skipped over the minors, which Mm. sounded really cool. I was going (laughs) to play with the 12 year olds. I was nine, you know, Seemed like a good idea at the time. My dad was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Put him up there. Didn't get a hit all season. I, I sucked. I was the worst player in the league, which, you know, wasn't fun for that season. But by the time I had played in that division for four years, when I was the 12-year-old, when I was the older guy, I was, I was dropping bombs. I was one of the best players in the league. And it the four-year starter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess there's, if he sticks, ends up sticking with it, going through with it, then it could pay off. It may, it may be some rough times there early, but, you know, there's different ways to do it. 
That's fair. Actually, I, I think about that. When I played basketball in high school, I'm, I, I made varsity my junior year, but I never played. I think I played like seven games total, right? And I was I was poo of our high school team, right, where I got in and everyone was yelling for me to shoot it. Um, I think I had seven points that season, by the way. I was on fire for a while. Um, and I did not play JV, which obviously a lot of our classmates played JV and got more playing time and played a hell of a lot more than I did sitting on the bench on the varsity team. So it's, I guess it, it's 50-50 on how you can think about that, right? Sometimes you want a chance to play sure i had better competition and i was getting dunked on by keon in practice every day well it was fantastic right <laughs> but it didn't really net me anything in the, in the grand scheme of things so i got to decide how to here's the other thing though like i don't think children today understand how much work has to go into being a really good athlete like my daughter's gonna be 16 here in like you know three months and she's like i want to play uh, soccer college i want to i want to go to college i want to play soccer in college right i'm like asking do you understand how much work it is to be a college athlete? like you have to be like like the top like five percent of all soccer players like you have to dedicate yourself to training and running and eating right and act like there's so much dedication that goes in that i don't think I don't know that my kids understand that. I don't know if it's a generation of kids, but she's like, oh, I'll just go play soccer. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to do some training. Like we're talking like two days, right? We're talking like extra, like just like in your baseball, extra reps in the cage, right? You're going to have to do some extra work. And like, I don't know if kids understand that. Yeah. Some kids, I mean, I've seen some, it depends on the parent too. How It's a lot of it is on us how much you want to do it and commit to it yourself. This is a huge commitment for us. I know yes, this lady that was coaching the uh, the softball all-star team. She's got a daughter that I believe is the same age as my daughter. She's fantastic, she, but she's at the field every single day for hours. And now she's on the travel team and she, you know, it, it's a huge commitment. I think this lady drives three hours for practice <laughs> every day. Yeah. I think she her she lives here in like Fort Lauderdale, but her daughter plays in some team like in central Florida, which is somebody was telling me that I was, didn't make any sense. There's plenty of teams down here, but she needs her to be on this certain team. I don't know. And that's how crazy some of these parents are, which I mean, your kids got talent is talent. You know, talent's going to win out eventually. Yeah. Hard work does pay off and and you can hard work yourself over people with talent. I believe that that does happen, but I mean, it's going to happen or it's not at at some point with, with some of these kids and, and it's also, you can burn them out quickly, too. I, I've seen kids that are, have parents like this, and by the time they're 14, want nothing to do with sports anymore because they just had enough, and they, they don't like it. Their parents pushed them too hard. So I guess you just got to find that that line somewhere. Well, I think I'm going to reach out to Blake Bortles. He's he's my new neighbor, uh, and see if he'll be Aiden's quarterback coach. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, why not? I would take him to McKenzie, but McKenzie's in Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. So that not not I'm not gonna play like that lady and drive my kid three hours for for coaching <laughs> at that point, right? So I gotta see if Blake Bortles is available to uh, to be his quarterback coach. And that would be fun. Right? Have you figured out how where he lives? You know, he's right around the corner from you. You said right? uh, his house is not built yet, but yes, I it's I can see it constructed. You know, it takes me five minutes to drive there, but I can see it being constructed. Yes, I did find out the other day. Fun fact about in in um not my exact neighborhood, but the neighborhood next to me. Um, uh, actually, Aiden was out playing with his friends playing football, and uh, in, in that neighborhood lives uh, Trayvon Walker, number one pick in the draft. Oh wow! Aiden got his autograph on a football. So I don't know if he's your quarterback coach, but he's available. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Well, I got some stuff I got to decide, Mike. But what you all can do is make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we're thirty-seven ish away from a thousand. Trace has made this his personal mission to get to a thousand, Mike. Um, so we're we're getting closer. So if you have not subscribed, or if you know a friend that hasn't subscribed, we're giving away some hats. So get in there, get some hats. You're coming your way. 
Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel for us. Follow along with everything we do on social. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Tell a friend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, make sure Thursday night uh, programming note, if you're listening to us this week, uh, our Thursday show this week is at 9 o'clock, Mike, because apparently there's a basketball game we have to watch beforehand. So 9 p.m. live show Thursday. So Mike, Trace, Adam will be there. I'm sure we'll have a, um, another fun-filled, action-packed, wall-to-wall guest extravaganza. So don't forget to follow us along there. Uh, it's late. Mike and Where's I are tired. Goes to like double overtime. We're not going on until after the game. Is that what we're doing? Or we're just nine o'clock? Is- I'm going at night. I'm going on at night. I'm, we're watching over your shoulder then. Like, I, if you can't multitask watching us and, the, and us lose to Temple, I think, as we were playing, um, then I can't help you there. Yeah, I was going to say, because my, my bedtime, it gets yes. late. Yeah. 9 p.m. on the dot. We are uh, we're starting this thing with or without Trace, and uh, we'll see how it happens. But tune in then and find out if Trace is there and if we start at 9, because we probably won't. But until then, everybody have a fantastic week. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Charge on. My name is Jada Cody. Thank you for watching The Sons of UCF. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.